0: Uh, to give mm-hmm. a, a example that I'm sure all of us are familiar with is Ash Ketchum from Pokemon getting a Charizard when he was not strong enough to control it. It's the exact same story. I, I can't say I
1: remember that episode, but I get... I I'm just sure. imagining your DM screaming whenever you summon those things. You don't have enough badges to train me! <laughs> providing you no details as to what those badges may be.
2: Welcome to Monsters in Class, your Dungeons and Dragons fix. I'm Kevin Odey. I'm Jared Bornigal. And I'm Will Meldon. And we'll be hanging out with you for a while to talk about anything and everything D&D related. On this episode, we are taking a look at the Drake Warden, one of the new subclasses added in Fizbon's Treasury of Dragons.
0: Ooh. So,
2: let's dive into it.
0: Well, before we do, I would just like to say we are, if if you're watching this relatively soon after it coming out, uh, we are going to be doing a giveaway of this book. Uh, So if you want a chance to win either a physical or D&D Beyond copy, your choice, follow the link in the description, and there will be a link to our Reddit post. Leave a comment, and again, you can win a a chance to to get this book, this new book with all of its great things. So... Do that, and as Kevin mentioned, uh, we're going to be discussing the Drake Warden, the new Ranger sump class. So this is a kind of like a Beastmaster that focuses on dragons and gets a little little Drake uh, that they get to to raise and then one day ride. And I'm I'm sure this has been something <laughs> everybody has has always wanted to do, right? Just ride a dragon into combat, of course. I mean, that's pretty yes. cool. <laughs> like in real life, outside of D&D, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the description is your connection to the natural world takes the form of a draconic spirit, which can manifest in a physical form as a drake. As your powers grow, your drake grows as well, blossoming from a small four-legged companion to a majestic majestic winged creature, large and strong enough for you to ride. And of course, you get some little dragon powers too. Uh, the... Ranger as a whole, if you're familiar with Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, which, boy, I don't know how you stumbled here if you're not, is usually (laughs) considered one of the weaker classes in 5th Edition. I take some argument with that, depending on the subclass, but I think this will definitely be exciting to see if if this is a subclass that measures up and makes the Ranger a worthwhile play, or if it's going to be a little on the, the weaker side. We'll see.
2: Yeah, yeah, Ranger. Their their core is yeah, not the greatest. So it's super subclass dependent. Um, though they, it's gotten better with the optional features.
0: Yeah, the optional features sure. and Tasha's definitely uh, help things out. And if you want to see us discuss mm-hmm. those, click the the thingy right there. And uh, if you don't, then just stay here <laughs> and just listen to us talk about the the Drake Warden. So <laughs> let's start by going through some of these features. Starting off at third level, we have Draconic Gift. So this is the bond you share with your drake creates a connection to dragonkind, granting you understanding and empowering your presence. You gain the following benefits. Uh, Thaumaturgy as a spell. So you learn the Thaumaturgy cantrip, which is a ranger spell for you. Thaumaturgy is a pretty simple cantrip. You can make some noises. You can... Clean yourself, or is that prestidigitation? That's
2: your thing of prestidigitation. thaumaturgy is when you like you grow and boom, make your voice booming, and it's right. what um basically what Gandalf did, and early on in beginning of Lord of the Rings to make uh I think it was Bilbo drop the ring and
0: yeah, sure.
2: I shouldn't have went into detail on that because i realize <laughs> I don't remember it all, and there's people who absolutely do. But Gandalf uses it early on in the first Lord of the Rings, but it's not it's not
0: movie. like called thaumaturgy. That's just like an example. No, of no, it. no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't tolkien was just like yes and then gandalf used thaumaturgy a cantrip like when did when did lord of the rings get such a hard magic system right uh so i mean a basic cantrip i don't really know what it has to do with dragons specifically i guess you can make your voice booming like a dragon yeah dragons are scary and is scary,
2: so it all works Yeah, out. that's kind of like you embody, like... Okay, so a lot of dragons have the Frightening Presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and their staff, like, I don't know if that's the exact name, but we're... Frightening Presence is like, correct. Yeah, make people scared of them just by existing. It's just tapping into that, is how I see it. Um... Yeah, the detail, like, you could, you just pick one of the effects, like, your voos booms up up to three times as loud, you cause flames to flicker, brighten, dim, or change color, Um, harmless tremors in the ground for one minute. Okay, that actually, that all does sound pretty dragon Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Very minor dragon stuff. Uh, And then you get Tongue of Dragons, so you learn to speak, read, and write Draconic or one other language of your choice. Uh, and of course, the the one other language of your choice thing being in there in case for some reason you get draconic from another background feature, <laughs> racial feature, whatever. So you get another language.
2: <laughs> That'd be fun. So you don't have that, and then you become a drake warden, and then just take like orcish.
0: <laughs> right. So you just like just, just, do just never cause. never yeah. learn draconic. It's not part of your background. No. You just ignore it the entire time. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that they've started doing this. I think this was like a complaint of mine when the Alchemist was originally coming out. Maybe it was just the UA. I don't even remember. But I remember saying that there was a, a, I took issue with it because you got an ability at third level that would like give you Tinkerer's Tools. And it was like, well, I'm going to have Tinkerer's Tools already by the time I'm third level. So now I'm just getting a completely dead feature. Well, they've made, they've started doing this in this direction. Obviously they listened to us. Somebody yes, at Wizards of the Coast that must is be <laughs> listening to Monsters of Multiclass and has revised the way they do things. Uh, so yeah, you get a free language. This is all just a, a little ribbon ability, but some some neat things to make you feel more dragony
2: for sure. Luckily, it's not all they get at third.
0: Yeah, that would be embarrassing. Um, <laughs> end of the episode. No, it's not good. Let's move on. <laughs> What they do also get is the Drake Companion. So, this is their Beast Companion that is going to be pretty similar to the recent revised Beastmaster Companion option with its own little spin on it. I think companions in general, if you look at like the Wildfire Druid, the Steel Defender from the Alchemist, uh, or not the Alchemist, the Artificer, uh, these are forming a bit of a trend or a pattern with how they are displayed, but I will go over it regardless. So as an action, you can magically summon the drake that is bound to you, and it appears within 30 feet of you in an unoccupied space. Of course, no dragon drops. Wow, that was not an intentional pun, but I'm going to just move on. Uh, The drake is friendly to you (laughs) and your companions, and it obeys your commands. Uh, See its game statistics below, and when you summon the drake, choose a damage type listed in the Draconic Essence trait. You can determine the cosmetic characteristics of your drake, such as color, scale texture, or any visible effects of the Draconic Essence. Your choice has no effect on its game statistics. Ooh. In combat, the drake shares your initiative count, but it takes its turn immediately after yours, and it can move and use its reaction on its own, but unless but the only action it takes on its turn is the dodge action unless you take a bonus action to command it. And the action has to be one in its stat block or some other action. So I guess really anything. It's I don't even know why it says that. It has to be an action in its well, stat it's block saying, or what?
2: There's the list of all the actions characters could do. So saying one of those, if it makes sense physically, or something in its stat block. It's right. saying both. It doesn't.
0: Makes sense. It's just, yeah. Yeah, so uh, then we get the Drake Remains until it is reduced to zero HP, until you use this feature to summon the Drake again, or until you die. Anything the Drake was wearing or carrying is left behind when the Drake vanishes. Once you summon the Drake, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest, unless you expend a spell slot of first level or higher to summon it. So nothing out of the ordinary there. That's basically been how... uh, creature companions have worked for the last year or two now. Uh so, yeah, nothing nothing too outlandish. Right. Shall we go over the actual Drake companion? Yeah, that seems seems <laughs> like the important. important thing, right? The one
2: that looks like nutrition facts. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can see. It's it's we're doing this based off of the there was a, an official preview of this release that so we're recording before the book actually came out. And In there, there's like, orange banners above it, and it makes it look identical to just, like, nutrition facts, at least American nutrition facts. Yeah. And it's all I can see. (laughs) Drake Companion. How many calories is my Drake Companion? Let's see.
0: (laughs) Hmm. It seems like it's five plus five times my ranger level. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Would you like to read the Drake Companion? Sure. So, it is a small dragon. Challenge rating, obviously,
2: is going to vary here. It has an armor class of 14 plus your proficiency bonus. Hit points equal to 5 plus 5 times your ranger level, and they have hit dice of d10s equal to your ranger level, and speed of 40 feet. Strength of 16, dex of 12, con of 15, int of 8, wisdom of 14, and charisma of 8. One thing I find interesting is those never go up or change.
0: I don't think Um, they normally do. Do like I don't think any of the other companions have that. Anything that does change are things just tied to proficiency bonus. So like you'll note afterwards it has saving throws in Dexterity Mm -hmm. and Wisdom. So those kind of increase.
2: That's true. Yeah, I guess there's other ways around it. So yeah, saving throws of Dexterity of one plus proficiency bonus or Wisdom of two plus proficiency bonus.
0: So yeah,
2: that scales in that way. Uh, It has damage immunities determined by its draconic essence. Trait,
0: so that's depending uh, on whichever type you choose at the start, really. Right, it, is that
2: every time you summon it? I missed
0: that. You It'll it actually it? says down there in Draconic Essence. That's oh, like, down re- at the bottom. Yeah,
2: when you summon Drake. Okay, I thought it was in the the text, not the stat block. Yeah, I got mixed up. Uh, senses of dark vision out to forty feet. Passive perception of twelve, and it knows Draconic.
0: Um, oh my gosh! And, yeah, so perf- you, if you didn't learn Draconic, you wouldn't even be able to talk to your little Drake right <laughs> <be laughs> the worst draconic ranger ever <laughs> all
2: right it has the draconic essence feature which we were just talking about when you summon the drake choose a damage type of acid cold fire lightning or poison and then that determines the drake's immunity and damage for strikes down below real basic dragon stuff anytime there's dragging things that seems to be yeah choose an elemental damage type it's color, nice that the they dragon. just
0: get straight immunity to it though like, yeah it's pretty powerful It is, especially if you know, well,
2: okay, I was going to say, if you know where you're going, like if you know you're like, you're going into like a volcano to fight a bunch of lava monsters, pick fire, but then that means this thing's doing a lot of fire damage, which what you're fighting is probably immune to as well.
0: Yeah, that part is a bit of a bummer, isn't it?
2: Yeah. But it does have its bite attack, which is just a weapon attack plus three to hit, plus your proficiency bonus reach of five feet on a hit does 26 plus your proficiency bonus in piercing damage. So it always has that to fall back on. Not a crazy amount, though. And then it does have a one reaction infused strikes when another creature within 30 feet of the drake that it could see hits a target with a weapon attack. The drake infuses the strike with its essence, causing the target to take an extra 1d6 damage of the type determined by the draconic essence.
0: Also pretty cool um, and just helpful. I think you're you're right, though. Anytime where you're trying to like, pre-plan and think like, okay, we're going into a... I don't know a, a poisonous cavern, so I'm going to do poisons. That way, my my dragon is immune to it. You're kind of not getting the full benefit of of this other ability. And so far, I mean, at these low levels, it's not like it has much else to it. You know, like some of the mm-hmm. other companions that we've seen, uh, specifically the Steel Defender from the uh, the the Artificer class is. It, it like has the force rend so you can like grant advantage or disadvantage on an attack. Um, and I guess that's really its special thing. I don't think it has uh, much else, but this one is, is just the infused strike. So really, it's it's a little extra damage. So it's a very damaging companion, but I th- that's really about it. It's not doing any other type of like interesting control features so far. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed.
2: Um, right now, it just really seems just a different flavor option from Beast Companion, uh, Beastmaster, f- from the Tasha's rewrite, that is. Right. Because the all of like, that huge, like those paragraphs of talks text explaining how it works and the bonus action of command it and blah, blah, blah. That's basically identical. That's almost copy and paste at this point between all different companions and summons and stuff. And then its stat block is not... Any better, in some ways it's worse, than the Beastmaster Companions. The new ones, the Beast of the Land, Sea, and Sky. Because of those, every time you summon you get to pick. So you can change based on what you're doing. This one, it's always a drake, and you just kind of change the elemental type. Right. Uh, Where the Beast of the Land is just as tanky. It'll have one less AC, 13 plus proficiency versus 14. Same amount of health, uh, does more damage, and it has its charge ability to be able to do extra damage and knock things down
0: yeah so it's got like some some more things to it than just pure damage which is interesting the the beast of the land that is you know being able to knock things prone is really helpful and you can combine that with things that the ranger does so there's like some synergy that you're getting out of it right Uh, a beast of the sea has a grapple Right. It's
1: also worth noting, we we did say that it is uh, copy and paste, and that's mostly true, but this particular uh, alteration can only act after you, which would make things like the charge not work quite as well.
2: That's a good point. Oh, the Beast Companion? Where does the Drake get its own initiative?
1: No, the Drake, uh, it acts on your turn, but... After yours, but the primal right. companions—they both are the same do. thing. It shares your initiative, Yes.
2: Yeah. Right, okay. So oh. I, I would say it's on par, um, which I guess is fine. Like obviously, we don't want this to like make the beastmaster just crap. Like the, making this the obvious pick, if you want that. But I'm also but then you kind of get in. It, it's like why, why even bother?
0: Just why even make like, another <laughs> subclass? Is my question exactly like this? So far, again, we've got we've got more to go, but mm-hmm. so far this very well could have just been a another companion option for the Beastmaster, and it would right. be now just a, a reflavoring of the Beastmaster subclass.
2: And yeah, they add new infusions or um, Eldritch invocations and stuff like that to classes all the time. Right. So I don't think it would be confusing to say, here's a new Beastmaster pick.
0: Yeah. I mean, a couple of these subclass features do fall in line, but well, I think I'm definitely going to be keeping the lens of, could this have been achieved by just like putting some scaling in the stat block? Um, one of them at seventh level, kind of jumping ahead here, is the, the bite attack does extra damage like could that not have been put in the stat block like at level seven it does extra damage i don't know um but i guess with that we'll move on to the the bond of fang and scale unless you got more to say around this
2: no okay let's keep going all All right
0: all right so for this the bond of fang and scale is the seventh level feature The bond you share with your drake intensifies, protecting you and stoking the drake's fury. When you summon your drake, it gains a swimming speed equal to its walking speed and can breathe both air and water, or it grows wings on its back and gains a flying speed equal to its walking speed. Your choice. In addition, while your drake is summoned, you and the drake gain the following benefits. First off, drake mount. The drake grows to medium size, reflecting your special bond. You can use the drake as a mount even if your size is medium. While you are riding the drake, it can't use the flying speed of this feature. Next is Magic Fang. The drake's bite attack deals an extra 1d6 damage of the type chosen for the drake's draconic essence. And then lastly, resistance. You gain resistance to the damage type chosen for the drake's draconic essence. So that is definitely more than, than you would just be able to put into a stat block. I, I get the feeling. I mean, that's unless you just made a second stat block at level seven. But even then, it's just, it's a little bit weird. And that would be too powerful for the standard Beastmaster class because that gets its own features at seventh level. But Yeah,
2: yeah the other attack's kind of magical.
0: Yeah. Uh But this one, I say it does still kind of, have that awkwardness where like you're getting resistance to a damage type, but it has to be the damage type that you choose. So is that really helpful sometimes mm-hmm. against spell damage? Yes. And, and maybe sometimes you're sacrificing doing the extra damage yourself because you need the resistance or you want your Drake Warden to have the immunity. I, I guess I like the fact that there's somewhat of a trade-off there that can be interesting, but it is disappointing when you sure. can't, feel like you're using all of your features at once. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be seldom that you have a chance for Draconic Essence to be affecting both damage and the resistance and immunities coming into play. Unless you're facing a spellcaster and they you know, cast Fireball on you and you've got it set to fire. Okay, then it's great. Sure, yeah. and, and you're super happy that you chose Fire that day. So I think a lot of times that's just going to be more of a flavorful choice. I don't know... It really depends on the person who's playing it and the character concept, but I think a lot of times people are going to stick with a specific type of damage, unless there's some major reason to switch it up. You have in your backstory, you know, you met a blue dragon, so you're most of the time going to make a lightning drake in order to represent that and just consistently have some some lightning resistance. Right. Other areas where it can be nice to have that immunity, just to kind of keep talking about that, uh, if your your spellcasters in your party want to cast a specific type of damage, you, know, you have a wizard with fireball yourself, then your drake can be up in the fray and is immune to that fire damage, and that can be nice. So it can be in AoEs and not have to worry about it. But what about the, the mounting aspect? Is there any real benefit to that? So, yeah, I wanted to bring that one up. It's it's neat. Um,
2: I feel like mounted combat in D&D is pretty iffy to begin with. Um, where, like, if you're taking direct control over it, then it loses its attacks and things like that. Right. Um, but with this one, can get away with it where, like, you're riding it and you have its movement speed and things like that, but you could still attack, and it could still attack because it's an intelligent companion. It gets messy. Mount, Mounting is weird in
1: 5th edition. It, I it, think by virtue of it being you forcing it to attack, that's kind of overridden.
0: Right. Because you're using like your so you bonus can... action to command it. Exactly.
1: That said, I don't like dragons. I don't really
0: like <laughs> okay. dragons.
1: I don't think you should ride a dragon at your table. <laughs> wow,
0: Why? that's that's helpful. That's so helpful. <laughs> Why?
1: Just pure intolerance to dragons.
0: One of these days we're going to we're going to do a dragon episode and dig into the the dragon that hurt you, Will, and and really figure out what makes you dislike dragons.
1: <laughs> like crack that. <laughs>
2: Um, also, this could be accomplished through just the Beastmaster. So, like, the Beast of the Land is small. Uh, or, I'm sorry, is medium. You could be a small character and ride it. Same with Beast of the Sea. Beast of the Sky is small, so you can't do that. But
0: Yeah, it's... Definitely, it's possible. But having to mm-hmm. be a small creature limits a lot. I mean, you have character options at the very least. So, yes, it can be accomplished if your specific goal is, I want to be a ranger that rides my companion, that's fine. But you are now looking at, like, what halflings and gnomes and maybe a couple other, I guess, depending on which races are Yeah, and like
2: kobolds and goblins now. Sure. On,
0: right. So, yeah. races
2: are allowed? It,
0: it, I guess there are a lot of options, but up to you if that's that's part of your your character concept this one doesn't care it's just whatever you want right um i i think
2: they could have kept the flying speed like if you did the one where it's flying just let them have a flying mounted seventh they can't carry anyone else say it's just the ranger
0: right Yeah, it's a little odd to me, especially because it's not like they are afraid of giving a fly speed at lower levels, especially if we look at the Twilight Cleric, which is able to have a fly speed at only six level as long as it's in dim light. And that's something that came out in Tasha's, and we talked about how that's a really strong feature, but mainly because Mm -hmm. it has the ability to do a bunch of other stuff. Uh, If you want to check out that episode, I will not go into that too long. (laughs) We'll place another link here. Uh, Twilight Domain is... Probably not the best thing to base any other class features on. It's pretty strong. But it's been done. And I feel like this one, I, I've not been so floored at how strong it is that a fly speed would, like, ruin it.
2: Right. Or there's races that have fly speed at level one. Okay.
0: Right.
1: it's We bring this up a lot. And I think we, like, kind of, we waffle back and forth. It's like, oh, everyone can fly. <laughs> but that's not really true. And the Twilight Domain is... Completely broken. We have a wonderful episode detailing that. And it's also limited. Whereas this would not be limited in really any way. Which is, I think, the distinction well, that means it shouldn't be there. Kinda. It's not... The ranger doesn't have a fly speed.
2: The ranger can mount a drake, which has a fly speed. That is a distinction. Which is a
1: distinction without a difference. In um, a lot of situations. Like So
2: if it just had a fly speed... Then like the ranger like in a dungeon could just pop up into the air, you know, 10 feet very easily move around, whatever, where if I could very easily see it being ruled, no, your Drake does not have room to fly in the
0: space. It, it is it, like, it's pretty like, small, but sure, that's, that's reasonable enough. Um, and also fly is a third level spell, isn't it? Yeah. So that gets online at fifth level, basically and that's yeah. not that limited. I mean, sure, the wizard or whoever is able to learn it has to know the spell and has to expend a a resource, but I I don't feel like it's so far-fetched to say at seventh level you can have a fly speed. Heck, even if they, they wanted to keep it, maybe make it half the speed. So when you are mounted on your drake, it's got 20 feet fly speed instead of 40.
1: Sure. Just your yeah. comically exhausted drake companion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um something like that so yeah i mean it might get around some some puzzles if you want to say that but it's not able to carry absolutely everybody in an instance where you do want it to do want to carry more than one thing i mean we've gotten around that in our game around these levels with the druid's wild shape turning into a giant eagle and that's much more frustrating than this would be to me <laughs> Because <laughs> that's like long distances. This is nowhere near the fly speed, right? At least I think. I forget what giant eagles they might have forty as well, but they can carry like, like two creatures. 80. Yeah, their fly speed.
1: Yeah, and it's... I did the math. They can carry like a wagon. <laughs> like a <laughs> there's wait, wait, wait. a definite
0: difference. Like a like a red flyer or like a covered wagon. Why would it be able to carry that? Those don't exist. <laughs> Red flyers or covered wagons? Wait, both of those things exist. Former. I'm talking like, I don't think wagons there's like, because there's
1: like kids as a red with kid. fly- okay. peasants know wagons because they live in them. <laughs> I think.
0: I- You've never been a D&D peasant? <laughs> Do you just imagine every time we're playing, anytime you're talking to a peasant, they're just like, they just have a wagon? Like they don't have homes.
1: Where's this guy's wagon? Where does he live? <laughs>
0: So I don't know. I mean, I'm somewhat on the fence, but I I stand by the fact that I haven't been so blown away by the rest of the the class up to this point that I feel like a fly speed is going too far. And that's exactly that's
2: yeah. But let's keep going because yeah. it keeps the whole point of this is the Drake grows with you and grows stronger. Yeah. All right. And. At- Eleventh, they get Drake's Breath. Uh, As an action, you can exhale a 30-foot cone of damaging breath or cause your Drake to exhale it. Choose Acid Cold, Fire, lightning, or Poison Damage. Your choice does not have to match the Draconic Essence choice, which is flavor-wise odd, but mechanically neat, I guess. How I'll put that. Each creature in the cone must make a dexterity-saving throw against your spell save DC, taking 8d6 damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a success. This damage increases to 10d6 to 15th. Once you use this, you can't do this again until you finish a long rest or you expend a third level slot or higher. Um, 8d6 happens to be the exact amount of damage of a fireball. So I think that's has kind got of like a good comparison to sure. it. 30 foot cone versus what? 20 foot radius sphere. Is that fireball? 20 foot? It's that. Yeah, it's a it's, 20
0: foot radius. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So 40 foot. Yeah. I call it comparable, and then you get a free one and you can change the damage type every time you do it. Or then the third level spell after. I think it's a good ability. It's just maybe online a little late at eleventh.
0: So that said, it it may come on a little bit late, but rangers don't get third level spells until ninth level. So That's a good point. it's like kind of close and it's the closest uh I guess ability after they get third level spells since there's only seventh and 11th. And it would have been weird if they just threw this in at ninth level when there's normally not one. Uh,
2: Right. And seventh would be probably too strong.
0: Right. Uh, Now I, I guess you could have some other argument of like, well, maybe it should have been a seventh level feature. And if it was seventh level, then it should be less damage and more comparable to a second level spell. But that's a little bit more adjusting than I'd get down with. I'd say Uh, yeah, it's probably fine at eleventh level. It's an R eight feature. Good damage. I
2: think it's solid. Uh, Rangers kind of lack that AOE damage. They they have like AOE control spells and stuff they could get, but just like the big damage stuff. So it opens it. I like how it could be from you or the dragon.
0: Yep. (laughs) So that's kind of nice. Definitely very. And and yeah, again,
2: yeah, going back to being able to change the elemental type when you cast it. Is kind of amazing. That flexibility is awesome.
0: Yeah, it it actually makes me want there to be just like a kind of a blanket thing at this level, like at 11th level, basically saying this Drake's Breath or your infused strikes can be whatever element type you want, meaning it's like, a, you know, you're growing stronger, growing more in tune with the draconic nature that is there, and you're able to now... Manifested differently than what you originally summoned it as so sure you've got fire resistance and fire immunity But if you are in that situation where you're fighting fire creatures, you can do different damage types Uh, so Not that this 11th level ability is super weak or super strong again I think it's kind of middling which is good But if there was just that little extra benefit of now your infused strike can be whatever damage type you want when you do it I think that'd be really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. i love when you do that that they give you like this one thing just this tiny like hey you don't have to be locked down you're like oh that's really 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 cool can i not be locked down in anything now there's just this greed to it to
0: appreciate. <laughs> it's uh it's it's called i'm trying to fine-tune it will
1: I, you're, yeah, you're, like, you're like grasping you're like ooh but I want this and this like yeah. a kid at a candy store well,
0: and I can't blame sure. you but
1: like I disagree
0: isn't that the fun of leveling up though is like getting more features getting more control over earlier features taking things that were kind of crappy or m- bad before and saying like here's more options like any of the wild magic barbarian stuff where it's like yeah at 14th level roll twice and take the one you actually want something that should definitely come online earlier but that Kind of class progression and, and making older or earlier features better is there's precedent, it's good, and I like it. So screw you, Will. <laughs> uh, one thing to keep in mind is change in terms of changing that, so it's
2: when you summon the Drake and you get the free summon for an action once per long rest or just an action in a first level spell slot. I don't see any reason why you can't have the Drake summoned and then you spend an action and a first level spell to resummon it with a new Draconic Essence choice.
0: Oh, yeah, you definitely could. There's... Yeah,
2: so that's not that high of a cost to change it. So you kind of already have that functionality there.
0: Right, but Just then you're not you. resistant and immune to the damage type. It's like if you're fighting an elemental creature, you can't have it be perfect. And I want it to be perfect, Will. <laughs> Alright, so at 15th level, we have Perfected Bond. Your bond to your drake reaches the pinnacle of its power. While your drake is summoned, you and the drake gain the following benefits. Get Empowered Bite. The drake's bite attack deals an extra 1d6 damage of the type chosen for its draconic essence. For now, a total of 2d6 extra damage. The drake grows to large size with the class feature name of Large Drake. i That's it. Uh, When you ride your drake, it is no longer prohibited from using the fly speed of bond of fang and scale. So what were you talking about? Maybe having that at 7th level? You actually got to wait until 15th level, where at this point flying speed is not a care in the world. So a little bit late, but whatever. And lastly, we get reflexive resistance when either you or the drake takes damage while you're within 30 feet of each other. You can use your reaction to give yourself or the drake resistance to that instance of damage. So just continue in line of the drake gets
2: stronger, which again is also somewhat in line with the beastmaster. But I guess this gets stronger in other ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so a lot of times we'll talk about like dips and stuff like that. If or if you just go only go in three levels, a low level type thing. So I guess I'm skipping ahead to like the... We could talk about specifics of this one in a second, but I'm talking about the big general thing here. Um, I don't functionally do not see a huge difference between a third level Drake Warden and a third level Beastmaster. Sure. But then, uh, sure, it diverts. So I am taking back my criticism from early on. It's like, okay, it diverts enough. And I know I did read this before, but like that just didn't...
0: It was more natural click. that you, yeah. you came to this conclusion on air. So, yeah, that's usually how it goes. I'll sit down, I'll read the stuff and I have my thoughts and then
2: that was like three days ago and then I quickly looked through. It was like, oh yeah, I remember my thoughts. Right. Then we talked through it. It's like, no, I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) This is why our conversational thing works. I don't, I don't think like I could do this solo where I just like talk at a camera about.
0: Yeah. No, say that usually happens to me too, but the, the voice in my head calling me an idiot is just Will.
2: (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, that's a given. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, I would agree with you though. I I do think they've they definitely did make it unique enough that it didn't need to be a battle master. My question may come back Beastmaster. to Beastmaster. Sorry, Beastmaster. It's it's a fighter subclass now. Uh, <laughs> my question is, is I guess did it need to be a separate one in the first place, or could like the flavor have been achieved with less work? And and that's really it. And I, I don't have that as a complaint, more of just like a, a, a unnecessary pontification. <laughs> That's what we're the here Beast for. Beastmaster
1: is a relic of shame <laughs> that was barely, barely salvaged by Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, in my opinion. I don't think that class is very interesting or fun, even to this day. It was just plucked out of oblivion in complete uselessness and replaced with something that actually works. I appreciate this as a unique class in its own right. The Drake Warden? Yes. Yeah. It it
2: does feel, have that feeling more of like growing with your companion here, which I, I know I just said Beastmaster has that, but there does feel this disconnect. I think maybe because you could change it every time. And so it's like you're just summoning between these different beast types. It's kind of more like you're a summoner, not that you have an animal friend. And Mm. obviously you could roleplay it where that's not the case and you only just pick one and stick with it. But then you're kind of hindering yourself. Or same if you go to the pre-Tasha's one where you do just pick one. And then like that's a really weak class overall. I like with this one how it's kind of nails both between the... The flavor of it combining well with the mechanics that you two are really growing strongly together,
0: yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I think that this this definitely was a an attempt, I think, at at making Beastmaster a more it, it's a different type of Beastmaster, obviously, but it's like it's trying to make that more of a option for the Ranger. So it definitely feels a little bit stronger than the Beastmaster gets some more damage. Definitely. And some more yeah, options, the ability to ride it, I think, is something that uh, would have been fitting for Beastmaster. But as we talked about earlier, is really only possible in some niche cases of you being small or your DM being nice. But that's kind of outside the, the rules there. Uh, but we still mm-hmm. haven't talked about the 15th level features. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so sorry, we're jumping around. Before we do all this, really, I mean, the Empowered Bite, not much to talk about. The Large Drake, I guess we've talked about. You can fly now. Great. Uh, But right. then the well, Reflex... in
2: Empowered Bite, it is important, though, that the damage scales nicely. It's not just... That's another failing, I think, of Beastmaster one, where it just scales based off of your proficiency bonus. So it's like plus one extra damage, like every few levels. That's not a ton. And then all of a sudden it gets... uh extra attack which is like this huge jump i like how this one scales
0: right and for that one it takes until 11th for beastmaster it takes until 11th level in order to get uh the extra attack
2: right but this one at seventh and then again at 15th and then yeah you're going 3d6 plus 3D plus what's your proficiency bonus at fifteenth? 6
0: no it's still 5 i think five? okay I think.
2: so 3d6 plus 8 for a bonus action every turn
0: is gonna and then me. with the infused strike for somebody to do
2: an extra one d six.
0: Okay. Yes, your proficiency bonus goes up to plus six at seventeenth level. Okay. So yeah, I mean that's that's pretty good damage just once per per turn. Uh, I do generally like multi attack more because that means more chances to crit and less potentially wasted turns. But I think right. even if the bite doesn't hit, the reaction of this infused strike. Just getting an extra 1d6 damage for free from for somebody is pretty nice.
2: Mm-hmm. And that sh- should stack with Hunter's Mark. So yeah. if it's to the Ranger who has Hunter's Mark up, you know, you get a little bonus action dependent there because Hunter's Mark is a bonus action to get up.
0: But well, you don't need up. a bonus action to use its reaction.
2: No, no, you don't
0: because that's just a a thing that it kind of does independently of you. So if for some reason you do need Hunter's Mark, you're not like, it's not like, oh, I won't be able to get any benefit out of my Drake this turn. Uh, It's still soaking up damage, which I don't think we've mentioned, but that is one of the major benefits as you get into the mid-tier levels with one of these creatures. I mean, adding an extra five plus five times your Ranger level to the battlefield in HP starts to add up Mm -hmm. pretty quickly i mean that's that's damage that it can take and you can bring it back for only a first level spell slot and a action
2: right yeah it's definitely a bit tanky um it's kind of like i said kind of in line with the beast the land beast one um which is also tanky so it has one extra ac but the 14 plus year proficiency bonus and ac is actually pretty solid 16 ac when you first get this not too long after going up to 17 AC. Like, I mean, there's a lot of player characters, but it's like, that's
0: where they sit. Right. Definitely. And even looking at some of the other companions, not comparing it to the Beastmaster, but like the Artificer, which is a half caster with a companion. So that's a right. pretty and direct comparison. Uh, that is armor class of 15 forever. That does not stack or go up ever. Uh, the hit points though, are calculated a little bit differently. And I'm not sure why it says the uh, the the ranger's drake is a d10 hit die and the steel defender is a d8. The HP for the steel defender is mm. 2 plus your intelligence modifier plus 5 times your artificer level and says that the steel defender has d8s equal to your artificer level. So if it's a d10, officially that should be 6, not 5 that you get per level. So I don't know why... They said it's a d10 i don't know i <laughs> is this
2: Sounds stuff like though i think it's something
0: that only i care about i think um but Maybe. if officially <laughs> your steel defender will end up with a little bit more health but just barely i mean we're talking about like two hp more because it's two plus your intelligence modifier so you can get a seven plus five times your artificer level oh, right but that doesn't really matter. But the thing that does matter is that the AC is significantly higher and goes up significantly higher. I mean, if you get your proficiency bonus all the way up to plus six, you've got 20 AC on your companion, and that's really nice. Hmm. Um,
2: you said not so much to say about large strike because we already talked about that, but not, not so much mechanically, but just role playing flavor. I kind of love it. Because you you will now have a large companion, like a large dragon that's a companion. That's it's true. That kind of makes you stand out. <laughs> that, that's just like a cool character concept. I like that idea. And you really don't see it. Everything else is medium or small.
0: Right. Right. But this is like straight up riding into town with a large drake. Now, at this point, since it is large, do you start to allow other members of your party to ride along? If you wanted to have two people on it, not so much for combat, but more for, like, out-of-combat stuff, I feel like you start to follow the more strength-based rules, where, like we talked about with the Giant Eagle, they have a strength of, I think, 16, I I don't remember, maybe Will still has it up, but it's comparable strength, and we've had multiple times where two people were on it, because that made sense for the weight capacity.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say probably two, you know, just kind of take a common sense approach to it. I don't think you need to Gross. map it out every time and take their equipment and gear into it. Just, you know, and then you can maybe easily say, you know, in combat, it's going to be difficult because sure, it could physically carry you but it's not having the speed needed for combat. Right. If you don't, if you don't want to open it up or just let it open up and they figure out some cool combos where it's... The ranger with a longbow riding on the back of a dragon with his wizard behind him, casting down fire spells. Like, all right, that's kind of cool. That's really lightning
1: cool.
0: Lightning spells. Yeah, just let it happen. It's fine.
1: And this is 15th level. This yeah. is where I say, Let's yes, everyone higher. can fly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely agree. I say at that point, it's def- It's just more about the the coolness factor and and let things be cool because it's... It's 15th level D&D. The game's already broken in some way or another. As a DM, you've been adjusting to it for this length of time. Just keep doing that. If the party is mm-hmm. riding around on the drake, find an enemy who has that uh, that, that thing that forces dragons to come to the ground. Or just I think it just removes Anything. flying speed. Um, yeah,
1: Earthbind.
0: It, yeah, Earthbind? Earthbind, that yeah, it? It? yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, the, the spell that usually doesn't work on dragons... But on a drake with plus three strength, yeah, it's probably going to work. And no
1: saving throw bonus either.
0: Yep. Right. Or legendary resistances. That's what this class needed. Legendary resistances. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what this class yeah, really, really, really
1: fucked up. It should have eventually just become like pick a dragon, bud. Right. You can pick any dragon. <laughs> At 20th Do level,
0: uh, it. it's just Tiamat.
1: Yeah.
2: just get t- Tiamat's your pale. for a first level spell spot. (laughs) Uh,
0: So then talking about the reflexive resistance, that is pretty good ability. Again, when either you or the drake takes damage, and it's been like 20 minutes since I originally read it, uh, when either you or the drake takes damage while you're within 30 feet of each other, you can use a reaction to give yourself or the drake resistance to that instance of damage. Um, So pretty good feature. This is also... Well, it's, it's better than that Rogue feature, actually, because there's the Uncanny Dodge, but that that's specifically is when, on attacks. Right, and then,
2: yeah, and the Evasion, which is on Dex Saving Throws. Right, this is just so they, wide open. Any force of damage, yeah, or kind of what I would compare it to is Absorb Elements. Mm-hmm. First level spell reaction, to, but that's a only certain damage types, Fire, Acid, Lightning, things like that. This is, yeah, literally any damage.
0: Yeah. Which is neat. Definitely like that. One thing I was a little surprised by is going with you saying absorb elements, because that seems pretty fitting. They don't get a list of spells. Uh, Usually, they have it so that the rangers get a list of spells, at least for the ones that came out in Tasha's, Fae Wanderer and the um, Swarm Swarm Keeper. Keeper, they got a spell at Third, fifth, ninth, thirteenth, and ninth, and seventeenth, uh, that was just always prepared. And this class does not get that at all. I guess their spell is being able to summon a dragon, though.
2: Yeah. I think it could have benefited from it. You're right. I didn't pick up on that, but I'm surprised they didn't. Cause usually, once they like start doing that, you'll start seeing sh- that's how it goes. Like all its s- ruins now have like a unique way to use their wild shape. Um, Rangers were getting spells, but apparently not anymore. And that's like for not new sorcerers do. Yeah,
0: that's been for every single non players handbook Ranger for from since Xanathers yeah. is really what I'm getting that uh, monster right. slayer, the horizon walker Gloomstalker, stalker, all of them had some spells. Uh, hopefully that's that wasn't just like left out of the the preview and it's not going to like have the official release in a couple days here and, and prove us wrong. But from what I'm seeing, no spells.
2: Wasn't this officially given as the... Yep. But this I mean, is if, the whole subclass? Yeah.
0: That's what they said. So maybe if Wizards what of the Coast me? would just directly send us books early, we wouldn't have these issues. Mm. Huh, Wizards? You're obviously listening to us. You've taken a lot of suggestions. <laughs> One day that'll work. Right. So then let's kind of talk about the the class as a whole. I think personally, I actually like where it ended up. I think that at earlier levels, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like anything drastic, but that's how I've always felt with these companion types, because they start with such little HP at the beginning, it's hard to make them like a, a major focal point of your combat. You could probably expect to have a few combats where they might not even be involved, but that could be said for Barbarian's Rages, or a wizard spells in the first couple of of levels where they only are going to have a couple first level or second level spells and relying on cantrips more often but mm-hmm. near the seventh level or so it picks up pretty nicely and i feel like it's i don't know it's it's pretty solid
2: no i definitely agree i i think this would be a fun one to play um as long as you're getting up there in level Mm-hmm. as you were just kind of saying. I mean, it's
0: fine at lower ones. It's just not particularly compelling. The only thing I will... To me. Even to combat my own words there, it's a lot of damage at low levels. Because at third level, you would have a... basically a bonus action attack, as well as this infused strike as a reaction. Mm-hmm. So you are definitely going to be putting out more damage than just about anybody else.
2: Yeah. I say the bonus action for an extra 1d6 plus 2, then it's free reaction. It doesn't use your reaction, right? Mm -hmm. It's just for an extra 1d6. And then say you have Hunter's Markup. Another d6. 3d6 plus 2, plus whatever your actual weapon is, say d8. Yeah. Plus, you know, 4, 5, whatever.
0: Sure, plus like a billion because your DM gave you a cool magic weapon. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: that is really solid damage. And then, and then you got a cool little dragon buddy.
0: And then you get a cool little dragon buddy. And so let's let's talk about some of the origins. So usually they provide like a, a little table of, of ways that this may have come about. Obviously, they are just inspiration and not the only options you get for your uh, your Drake Warden character. But yeah, definitely need to talk about the role-playability of the class beyond having a dragon, because that's really all it's been so far, is you got a dragon. <laughs> Uh, So some of these origins, first one we have is you studied a dragon's scale or claw or a trinket from a dragon's horde, creating your bond through the token's lingering draconic magic. Second one is a secret order of rangers who collect and guard draconic lore taught you their ways. Third, a dragon gave you a geode or gemstone to care for. To your surprise, the drake hatched from that stone. Four, you ingested a few drops of dragon blood, forever infusing your nature magic with draconic power. Five, an ancient draconic inscription on a standing stone empowered you when you read it aloud. And lastly, you had a vivid dream of a mysterious figure accompanied by seven yellow canaries who warned you of an impending doom. When you awoke, your drake was there watching you. So a lot kind of in line with like a sorcerer origin almost.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I actually meant to say this at the beginning. This kind of feels like mushing together the Beastmaster Ranger and the Draconic Bloodline Sorcerer.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, makes sense. Uh, Depending on your game, I I doubt finding and raising a dragon is going to be like a a common thing that just anybody can do. Um, Right. But I could see a lot of, of role playability from trying to learn how to control that magic once you have it in your hands. However it comes about, it would be pretty terrifying. And I'm sure a lot of people would be like, you've got a a literal dragon that you are raising. And though it's obviously not reflected in the mechanics at all, and probably shouldn't be, uh, it could be a role-playing aspect of trying to control the dragon Uh, to give a a example that i'm sure all of us are familiar with is ash ketchum from pokemon getting a charizard when he was not strong enough to control it it's the exact same story
1: (laughs) i can't say i remember that episode but i get I'm just sure. imagining your DM screaming whenever you summon those things. You don't have enough badges to train me, <laughs> <laughs> providing you no details as to what those badges may be.
0: It, it could make sense. The dragon has you to. Ready? So that actual that concept, not to like use Pokemon as like a a great narrative crutch or anything, but the I think the concept is pretty sound. The idea that the the Drake needs to respect you as a master. And I wouldn't say gym badges are the right way to acquire that respect, but if you want it to be something so on the nose, that's fine. This this character can be Ash Ketchum if you want it to. That's on you. Uh, but <laughs> having some form of trials, maybe they, they meet with another Drake Warden or people who are of this, as it says, the, uh, oh, which one was it? A secret order of rangers who collect and guard draconic lore taught you their ways. Uh, so maybe that isn't how you came about the the origin in the first place, but it is how you learn to control it, harness it, and, and grow with the dragon and earn its respect. And maybe it's like my favorite Cuba Gooding Jr. movie, Snow Dogs, and you have to bite the ear of the drake. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I don't know why I reference Snow Dogs as much as I do in my life, but... I don't know if it's the first time on the show, but it's not the first time in the I don't last know, month. No,
2: it's definitely not. <laughs> Such a bad you movie. You got a Snow Dogs problem. I
0: don't even like it. It's a really bad movie.
2: But I, I love the overall concept of, yes, it's a lot of cool role-playing moments of kind of fighting with and trying to work with the Drake. Um, I would like to play at the point of having to come to this place of mutual respect, not you are commanding the Drake, and maybe at the beginning that's what you're trying to do. And so you're having issues. If you're starting at level one, you can almost have it where the Drake is around for level one and two, but does not do anything for you. Right? Like it's magically bound there, but it's not used in combat. Nothing. It just kind of flees and hides. Um, You get no benefits from it. So you don't actually get any of the mechanical stuff. But it's those first two levels that you get into at least a base point where you like come to a mutual understanding and start working together on your... Third level up,
0: right? And I imagine the the ranger with like a a book of common to draconic as they're like trying to learn it and like teach the drake basic <laughs> commands. And right. it's like, uh, hey, you're you know, like the the dragonborn in the party who that would raise some interesting questions. But the <laughs> dragonborn in the party is like, uh, you're you're pronouncing sit wrong. It's actually kurear, you know, whatever. So right,
2: <laughs> draconic such an intense language.
0: <laughs> sure, it is. It's like when you teach a a German shepherd German commands, because I guess they respond better to them. I've heard. Please don't quote me on that. We're not a a dog podcast. That sounds really made up. It's it's very (laughs) possible. It is very possible. But I'm still going to steal that and say that it is true for this character. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Use real world myths to make actual lore in your game. A character concept I think could be really well
2: realized with this is hiccup. From How to Train Your Dragon. Of course. multi-classing with an artificer. Let's not talk about the needing intelligence, but other than that, that would be perfect. Um, Artillerist or armor, either one would work.
0: Yeah, I love that. Oh my God, if you went... So again, we're going to ignore the stats. Just ignore them. Just ignore them. But if you went... (laughs) Dexterity, wisdom, and intelligence
2: all at 13. It's a little rough.
0: But. I think you could probably focus on dexterity and intelligence and ignore wisdom because I don't think wisdom is yeah. that important for a ranger unless you want to focus on the spells. But if you've got the spell slots, you'll use them on artificer spells, not ranger spells. Yes. Make a choice. Yeah. But again, that's not what this episode's about. <laughs> um, what you could do, though, is you could totally put your little cannon on top of the dragon because it can be like small or like it's, it's definitely not too heavy to be on top of the dragon even before right. you can mount it. And you can literally have a dragon oh. with a cannon on its back.
2: That's awesome. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure the artillery says it can be handheld, right? Yeah. Like, like it has its leg, it doesn't move before be handheld.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> there wouldn't be a fire dragon that before you get the, the uh, breath at, like, 11th level, it just holds onto it and, like, points out a little gun and shoots <laughs> the flamethrower. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> holds it up to its mouth to pretend.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah. the biggest issue of this is of course the bonus action economy uh you can't control your dragon but if you don't use your dragon for anything more than making your turret more mobile it's cool i would do this for a one shot it might be tough for like an actual like let me build to this character but if it was like you're starting at 11th level i could see doing seven levels in drake warden three levels in artificer just getting the cannon and just going to town like that
2: sure it, for some i think armor for more mechanical viability
1: what
0: we're what not it st- <laughs> still matches up with hiccup yes it Probably does. Better than yeah, yeah, it's worth it's mentioning like, like, was... yeah
1: the artillerist thing wouldn't work
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry i'm yeah. sorry i was it's yeah. cool I, it's I, great i was not on the hiccup what, train anymore i totally oh, got okay. off that i was just on the idea of giving your dragon a cannon Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great and cool, but doesn't work. But it could, okay, stick with me. It could if you had an artificer in your party. Not multi-classing. Ignore sure. the multi-classing. Just oh, a really just cool artificer
2: who they just gives the. Yes. Okay.
0: Back on Hic- Hiccup, though, because I do love How to Train Your Dragon, and I own all three movies on Blu-ray. They are fantastic. Um, I-, I can see that working again, all of the infusions and such. Uh, it'd be neat to see if any of the infusions could be given to the dragon. I don't know. We keep saying dragon, Drake officially, whatever. Um, I think that would be tough because like it, nothing about it says it could operate items. Nothing says it can't. Uh, and <sighs> the only thing I will say is that if something just says like it it takes an action, it can take other actions. Yeah. I'd have to look through. I don't know if there's anything, but even if we look at like, I don't know, Boots of the Winding Path, for example, uh, there's no reason that it can't be boots for your Drake. Yeah. Yeah. You could get barding. I was just thinking that you could get
2: barding for your Drake. Barding? Yeah. Um, horse armor. Oh, basically. sorry. I never in, bought in the that <laughs> <laughs> That was good. Thank you. Um, yes, the original, not obviously not the very first DLC, but the first popularized from Oblivion way back in the day, mm-hmm. and everyone was all up in arms about it. It was like ah, like, oh. it was, and then everyone was right to be up in arms around it because it very much was a slippery slope. Because look, we're, we're today, <laughs> It
0: was but- ten dollars for horse armor, <laughs> something like that. It was ridiculous. Now people pay. Was that, no, it was
1: like seven hundred ninety-six Xbox points.
0: Yeah, Xbox points for when microtransactions. The life was like that? Yes, it was horrible. <laughs> you're like oh how much does this cost oh uh it costs 75 microsoft points and uh you've got 50 so how much money do you need to pay we don't know it was the first bitcoin <laughs> don't that's gonna upset somebody who really likes bitcoin or really likes xbox points we can upset both sides of the fence uh, but yes um, <laughs> but yeah
2: there's a whole player handbook section about barding and how to do that it gets really expensive especially for the like, exotic things such as a drake but
0: right then yep. you can infuse the barding. if I remember correctly I think like horse plate armor was two times the cost of or maybe it's three times it's exponential well no it's not exponential it's just double or triple that's not okay. how it, I'm gonna stop talking <laughs> It costs a lot more. Exponential. It's an infinite amount. Yes. You
2: want? Oh, you want a plate horse? at Barding the world ends.
0: <laughs> barding four times the cost, two times the weight. Okay. So dragon armor, which probably isn't too necessary, since it gets a really good AC without armor. Right.
1: Yeah, it probably. My really intuition, need it, but is then you can that the drake- it. Can't use items.
0: Your intuition is dumb. Let the dragon use items. <laughs> I wish they had a picture of it. In the preview, they don't include anything, though I'm sure there use will be one the quite soon. But I'm just wondering if it has hands at all. Regardless, I'm...
1: Just hands, like, out, <laughs> yes. like people hands?
0: I mean, dragons have, like, hands, but it doesn't matter. Point is, there are a few infusions that would probably work. Most of them would be things like, I don't know, boots, I guess. If you wanted to do bracers of defense, maybe give it a plus two AC. Things like that. I feel like if somebody wanted to work with, I could work with them. Mm-hmm. Again, we are talking about a ranger artificer multiclass or having an artificer in your party. But for Hiccup specifically, seems fitting, seems fun. Mm-hmm. I'd let it go.
2: Yeah. Can you think of any other multi classes that would either be cool or actually good?
0: <laughs> um, wow. That's a good question. The obvious
2: role playing kind of m- matching up is the uh, Draconic Bloodline Sorcerer. Right. Um, But then your Charisma, Wisdom, and Dex. And again, you could kind of just keep Wisdom at 13. That might
0: be okay. I don't know. I haven't put much thought into it, but we'll just say from a character concept, yes, that is cool. And I mean, yeah, you unlock meta magic
2: options for ranger spells. Yeah, that'd mean- be kind of the biggest thing: a few extra spell slots to summon your Drake more often. <laughs>
0: It's always hard with these subclasses to really multi-class too far into something else just because the Drake Companion relies so much on getting more health. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't continue that scaling, you can make your Companion pretty useless rather quickly. Like if you left us at the third level Drake Companion with 20 HP and then went all the way down Sorcerer because that's what you wanted to focus with, you're going to stop summoning that Drake Companion pretty quickly.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, all of these kind of companion
2: summoning ones, it always feels like they barely kind of keep up. Mm -hmm. And one or two levels is often enough to make them really feel like they've fallen behind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, unless you can get to that like 8 to 10 range, then you might be able to do like a small dip. Right. Otherwise, thematically, I, I think anything, like I would love to see a a barbarian, the beast barbarian. We talked the Mm -hmm. other day about beast barbarian being like a, a dragon esque one. If you reflavor a lot of its beast paths or, or uh, I guess body change options when it rages as uh, dragon, dragon, dragon theme stuff. That's super cool. I love the idea of flying into battle and jumping off raging and then getting, you know, more draconic features along with your, your Drake.
2: Yeah, that's really cool.
0: Um, there's definitely a lot of I think these this is like the point of it is like a uh, a knight atop a dragon. I think that's a thing in Dragonlance Dragonlance setting. People don't don't, don't yell dance. at me if I'm wrong. I, <laughs> I just think I've seen pictures of that. I don't know much about the Dragonlance setting, uh, but I could definitely see that that concept of a, a heroic knight atop a a flying winged beast that they have tamed. is just kind of cool. So do that with, like, fighter. I could see the samurai subclass. Not for mechanics. Again, I don't have them in front of me, so I forget. But just thematically, I like that image.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, uh, yeah, like... Because it's a
1: dragon? Because it's... And dragons and ninjas and stuff?
0: No, I actually Fuck. wasn't putting that together. It's more of what you said forever ago, of the samurai being more of the honor warrior. Like, that's the real theme that it should be going for. I didn't really put the the samurai and dragon thing together but yeah i guess that that is a bit on the nose
1: cuz there i mean there is like the cavalier
0: oh my gosh the cavalier of course seemed good call
1: and the purple dragon knight which is just its own weird thing no that wouldn't work <laughs> that's a bad idea <laughs> yeah though. i know right
0: uh yeah i actually do wonder now if cavalier would have any good good overlap Cause that's, I mean, yeah. advantage on saving throws from falling off your mounts. A three level dip would be pretty good, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then if you fall off, then no more than ten feet, you could land on your feet. It only costs five feet of movement to mount or dismount. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, isn't it? It's half your movement to do that, isn't it? Normally, mounts yes. Usually, yeah. Okay, so that's nice. And then the. And it's worth noting mark, this is.
1: This is a good multi class. Like a dipping fighter yeah.
2: is not f- like
1: whoa, blowing my mind stuff, but it's like a great. Yeah, dip. it's just solid. And right? Works yeah, yeah just You could just do Dex and Wisdom.
0: And as we've always talked about with Ranger, you you want three levels in something else if you're going to the tippy top. So, oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I could easily see taking a, a pit stop at. I'm just gonna say eighth level. It doesn't matter what level, but taking a stop at some point to take three levels into fighter just to get all the goodness that fighter gets you—the <clears throat> uh, different second fighting melee, style, action surge, action surge yeah. second wind, and then all this cavalier stuff would be fantastic.
2: Yeah, that should be really cool. Um, and I, I would like to, I would want to still go melee based just for the imagery of it because I like even like you were with the barbarian one too. any of them that would work of you and your drake side by side fighting into something as opposed to like you in the back taking pot shots with your longbow yeah as your drake's up there it's like i that's probably the more optimal way to play it well um it's safer for you and kind of let the drake tank mm-hmm. so to speak because it's less it's significantly more expendable because it's just one spell slot and it comes back um But I like that imagery too much of you and Drake side by side up in the fray tearing through your enemies.
0: Yeah. No, that's amazing. So I think a lot of multi-classing potential, honestly, and doesn't need much as long as you can just go three levels into something. I think you could get a pretty big boost out of it. And I think three levels is safe with, we were talking about, you know, the health aspect. I think you'd still be okay. Like sacrificing 15 HP for a huge amount All of potential. Stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. What I probably wouldn't go is Rogue, just because a lot of bonus action requirements there. Uh, or, yeah, just a lot of bonus Not action stuff. But yeah, lots of doofy bonus action, <clears>
2: yeah.
0: Could be some benefit having your Drake be with able to... sneak attack. Sneak attack, yeah, but... <laughs> That's pretty nice. Um, officially, okay, I might actually be taking that back because it can move without you commanding it, right? In combat, the Drake shares initiative count. It can move and use its reaction on its own. So you could officially just not use the bite and still get the reaction and everything and make it more focused on taking damage and giving you the sneak attack. Basically like a really souped up In familiar. Um, sure. But, you know, that gives you your infused strikes as well.
2: Yeah. And as a rogue, you don't necessarily need to use your bonus action every turn. It's to dash, disengage, or hide.
0: Yeah, but, like, you're going to use it every turn. <laughs> I, I don't.
2: I think you're too lenient about hiding as a bonus action. We could talk about that separate, but...
0: Yeah, it's it's just so weird. And every time I, we've talked about it, I feel yeah. like it's just it's just odd as a whole. And I don't love the, the way hiding works just in general yeah
2: so if that becomes more of a strict thing to be able to do it and then you know dash and disengage is a bonus action you may not want to
0: right that's true that's true um all right anything else around the the drake warden
2: no i think we were pretty thorough there um overall i'm happy with it
0: I like it. Me too. Yeah, I'd
2: be interested in playing one. Like I know our campaign's coming to an end, and we're talking about like mini, the kind of adventures, you know, month or two long stuff coming up. One of us might need me a Drake
1: Warden.
0: (laughs) If we got a higher level one, you you've talked about wanting to do an Artificer. You've talked about wanting to do a Drake Warden. Yeah, I know it's. (laughs) Maybe you're just gonna play Hiccup.
2: Yeah, maybe I'll just play Hiccup. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, then I play a star's chart druid that could fit in there, right? <laughs> just multi-class at all. That's yeah. how you play. Every character is just take every single multi-class.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you enjoyed the episode, make sure to like comment, subscribe, always supposed to say that stuff earlier, but I haven't. Hopefully you've stuck around. And if you have stuck around, show some appreciation with a comment or a subscribe or whatever. Um, thank you, as usual, to our affiliates, Metallic Dice Games. If you want to get 10% off your dice order, you can use the code MM10, and we get a bit of the, the proceeds there. So check them out. They've got amazing, not just metallic dice, but also crystal dice and more reasonable, just resin dice. Uh, all of them are absolutely beautiful, though. And as mentioned, we do have a giveaway giveaway. For this book, if you want to get your hands on it and haven't yet, or maybe you want a digital copy and you've already got a physical or already have a digital and want a physical, whatever, we're not going to ask you if you already own it. Uh, You can head on over to the link in the description and enter in. All right, and lastly, thank you, as always, to our patrons, Jeff W., Joe P., Vincent M., Isaac M., Sentinel D20, Star Shinobi, Adam A., Home Bakery, Ed G., Bob F., and Craig A. You all are awesome and help support the show, and we appreciate you endlessly. Exponentially. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: getting out of hand. Yeah. Appreciation. <laughs> And that's all I got. (laughs) Cool. As always, thanks for watching.